0: Hi out there, I'm Pat Pauly, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Artbeat Northwest. Every week, we interview people from the visual arts or the performing arts and talk about events in the arts coming up soon in our Pacific Northwest area. And today, we're talking with Elna Corianito, founder of Elionis Art Retreat, where artists from many nations teach, and learn. And Elena has studied at Cornish and Pilchuck, plus Valdecas School of Fine Arts in Athens, Greece. She creates inspired images in ceramic sculpture and painting, and she has created a beautiful, stylish, and comfortable art retreat on the island of Corfu called Villa Inspirante. Welcome to the show, Elena. Thank you. And also, here to talk about her workshop at El Eleonas Art Retreat on the island of Corfu, coming up April 24th to 27th of 2020, is ceramic sculptor Tip Tolan. Now, Tip Tolan is an award-winning sculptor of hyper-realism ceramic sculptures, and she's an art instructor teaching hands-on sculpting workshops all over the world. And she has a BFA in ceramics from the University of Colorado, an MFA in ceramics from Montana State University. And her sculptures are in collections at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Renwick Gallery of Smithsonian, and many other museums. She has recently been artist in residence at Pilchuk School of Glass and has been filmed for a Living Treasure documentary by Northwest Designer Craftsman. She has received many other grants and awards and continues to have solo shows and be a part of group shows. And she continues to teach workshops all over the globe. She's a very productive artist. Welcome to the show,
1: Tip. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here.
0: Oh, so happy that you could come in, both you and Elena. Thank you. But before we get started, I want to tell listeners not to miss Seattle Art Museum's show, Flesh and Blood. That is a show of Italian masterpieces from the Capodimonte Museum in Naples, Italy. And this is a museum that was private for a long time and it only opened to the public in 1957. And it's full of renowned Renaissance art. Artists such as Titian and Raphael, Baroque masters also are there to, re- and they reveal the aspirations and limitations of the human body. And it really is quite interesting. We were just there this last weekend. These paintings show how flesh and blood are wrapped up with our humanity at a time when Western painting began to in- be infused with emotion. And a lot of these are huge and very emotional. And it's really truly amazing that this exhibition has made its way to Seattle and Seattle Art Museum and so we all need to see it on until January 26, 2020. And on a sad note Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery which has been in Bellevue for 11 years will be moving back to Kirkland and will be at 92 Kirkland Avenue beginning November 3rd showing the art of Lana. Shalagina until November 19th and continuing with The Art of Dr. Seuss beginning November 22nd, plus annual traveling exhibitions. Of course, this means that there are no longer any art galleries in the city of Bellevue. Oh, is Bellevue truly turning into a cultural wasteland? <laughs> I hope not, but signs not. are not good. <laughs> We'll be back shortly talking about art retreats on Corfu with Elena Karakiantu and Tip Toland. Support for Art Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side-by-side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry, and metal smithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at pratt.org.
1: Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you.
0: Welcome back to Artbeat Northwest. Elena kory founder of a wonderful art retreat, and Kip Tolan, celebrated ceramic sculptor, are here to talk with us. And um, the first thing we want to talk about is how Elena conceived the idea and carried it through to have an art retreat on the island of Corfu, of course, which is off Greece. How would you do that? That sounds so marvelous. And we all want to go there. <laughs> Please do.
2: <laughs> it sounds exotic, but for me it's actually pretty easy because I am from Greece and my ancestors are from the island of Corfu. And um, I've been in um, Seattle in U.S. for about 45 years now. So... Um, my dream was that at some point I will be able to do this, and I've been wanting to do this in some in my thirties uh being an artist myself i I thought how would I like to spend my um the last quarter of my life and of course, the first thought that comes in mind is surround myself with like like minded people oh sure um and um, I thought what I like to do is share um, the beauty of um, the culture where I came from with other people. I grew up around these monuments and old walls and incredible architecture and unbelievable history. And how do I do so I can get to share this with my American artist friends and artists, um, people that they want to learn. Um, And one rainy day in Seattle, I looked at this real estate piece of property in the island of Corfu, and I said, I want it. (laughs) And this was an old olive oil factory? This was an old olive mill that belonged to the Count of Venice. Um, His name was Combizzi. So it's in the little village um, of Kombitsi, which is five kilometers from the old town of Corfu, it's very oh. close oh, to yeah. the old town, but yet in its own historic part of the island. And the story says that uh, Count Kombitsi um, built his monastery, which is across the street, and his own home down the street from us, and that was his olive meal. The Venetians brought the olive build uh, business in the island of Corfu. Uh, the Greeks always had olive trees, but they didn't think about um, doing anything with them until um, exporting them or making a business out of it until the Venetians took over the island and they brought in the business part of The olive uh, trees. So anyway, he built this amazing building in uh, 1740. Wow, 1740. 1740 that has about... um, The walls are about um, a meter thick. And it is in an olive grove. Um, And it, it operated as an olive mill until probably... Early nineteen hundreds, when a British uh, man uh, uh, bought it and 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 turned it into a villa in uh, early nineteen forties.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: After the war, it has to be mid nineteen forties, and then several people owned it. Then it was deserted for a long time. When I saw it in the internet, and then I announced to my husband that. Um, I'm leaving in a few days to go buy this piece of (laughs) property. Oh, that must
0: have been a startling thing for (laughs) you.
2: He said, How are you going to do that? (laughs) I said, Well, I'm going to figure it out. And I did.
0: Oh, that's great. And how did you? Now, I looked on the internet at what it looks like now, and you have remodeled it
2: so beautifully. How did you you accomplish that? Uh, what was the name of the show? The Art Museum, Flesh and Blood? <laughs> with <laughs> oh a God. lot of flesh and blood. <laughs> you worked very hard at it, I take it. <laughs> a lot of people worked uh, uh-huh. on that building. And um, I have a lot of experience with the remodeling and I've done other properties before. So I tried to respect the um, history and architecture of the place. But I also have to, because as a historic building, I had to work with the Archaeological Society to make sure everything is preserved, and, and it's function functional, because it has to be, it has to function as um, an arts retreat, also, not just as a villa.
0: So, and then your dream is to get, okay... Uh, you, ha- you remodeled into a
2: lot of uh, art studios, right? And, well, and also rooms for people to stay. Well, uh, let me tell you how this is going to work. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> um, it's not going to be other art retreats. Like you go in the internet, and you find many art retreats. Uh, for very many selfish reasons I explained before, I want to surround myself with like-minded people and their work has to represent my beliefs of in art. Also. Okay, so these have to be artists that you really admire, really admire that it. are
0: going to exactly. be teaching exactly. at exactly. Villa Inspirante. Exactly. Am I saying that right? Yes, <laughs> you do. Oh, okay, do. and I think you're off to a flying start with... Tip Tolan. Exactly right. I mean, and you, you're going to have a lot of people it. agreeing with you on that. You
2: said it. And <laughs> I know Tip for a long time, and I love her not only as a person, but I just admire her work um, a lot. So
0: Now, there's a particular reason why you want to have this art retreat that Tip's going to be at. Yes. Uh, at at this, at the date in April that it is, when exactly talk exactly, a little bit about that's that. That's the
2: Greek Easter in Corfu, and it's um, very well known around the world of Europe as one of the most fascinating celebrations and pagan uh, celebrations. Oh,
0: pagan, really?
2: Yes, because you know this is a Greek Orthodox country, and ninety percent of the country doesn't know that their customs are pagan. even though they come from (laughs) pagan traditions. (laughs) So um, they create these huge ceramic pots, uh, specifically for Easter, that they fill up with water, and they go to the central square, which is a beautiful, beautiful um, old square, and um, they have four or five floor uh, buildings, so they go to the very last the top um, floor and they throw down in the square these pots called uh, botides full of water and it, it kind, kind of explodes. Tr- explodes. It? it totally <laughs> explodes. And and the the um the people say nobody has ever been injured. I mean, if you see pictures of how close people <laughs> stand <laughs> uh, under the fall, you would think that they would, but they they don't get injured.
0: And and what's the uh, what's the reason for this tradition? I mean, what are they what are
2: they trying to say? Well, they say this is the resurrection. Oh, okay. this is the sound of the resurrection. This is the um, um, away with the old um, new beginnings and sort of the w- rites of spring. Really. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spring. That's what now if you ask the people in the square, do you know why you do this? Half of them probably aren't going to know.
0: But if (laughs) if you
2: read, it's an old Venetian custom and the Venetians learning from ancients, uh, you know, their uh, ancestors. And it keeps going because the island was invented by the Venetians for 400 years. So a lot of the customs, the food, the characteristics of celebrations Uh are mostly Venetian and Greek because Corfu was never invaded by the Ottomans. So the rest of Greece
1: mm-hmm.
2: has one foot east and the other foot west.
0: Oh, interesting! But not but not Corfu and the Ionian <laughs> Sea
2: islands because they were never invaded by the Ottomans.
0: Oh, interesting! All yeah. this
2: history plays in exactly in, uh, to all of this. Exactly. So, um, whatever I do in this retreat, it has to have a meaning. It has to have a connection to the Greek history. And And talking
0: about Greek history, you want everybody who is going to be in the retreat to go to Athens first for a few days. And why is
2: that so important? Well, because that's the first introduction to the Greek history. I mean, I can't imagine anybody wants to come to Greece without seeing the Acropolis first.
0: But you said some people just see
2: the Acropolis from the front and
0: take a selfie and go home. Well,
2: a lot of but people you don't come to take that. selfies <laughs> in front of the Acropolis. But uh, these are not the people we want to attract. Right. We, we have an archaeologist who works with telling the history of what people see through mythology. And amazing, amazing woman, very spiritual, not religious, very spiritual in in, uh, many respects that will take people through the Acropolis and the Acropolis Museum, which is just probably one of the most amazing museums I have been, ever been, and I have been to many museums. So in the Acropolis is where you really see the ancient Greek history and art. And I can't imagine any artist will want to come there and not to want to see this. So that comes first before
0: the workshop and you get kind of uh, uh, into the culture of Greece. Exactly. But it's already time for a break. We've been here talking about uh, ceramic sculpture retreats and, of course, visiting Greece and Corfu and being at Villa Inspirante on the island of Corfu. And we'll be back shortly with more on Artbeat
1: Northwest. From new exhibitions to community events, Bellevue Arts Museum is always new, always different, and always exciting. Right now, check out Emerge Evolve 2018. Rising talents in Kiln Glass, showcasing an international array of artists whose cutting-edge work in Kiln Glass offers new perspectives on the media. This competition at Bullseye Glass and Portland attracted over 280 entries from 29 countries, of which a group of 40 finalists were accepted. The exhibition at Bellevue Arts Museum features work by 10 award winners from the 2018 competition, alongside new works from four previous eMERGE artists, illustrating the evolution of their practice. The exhibition will be at BAM until July 12, 2020. Get tickets and learn more at bellevuearts.org. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: Welcome back to Art Meet Northwest. Elena Corakianitu, founder of a wonderful art retreat on Corfu, and Kip Tolan, celebrated ceramic sculptor, are here talking with us. And let's talk about uh, first of all, you talked a bit about the kind of instructors that you want to have at your retreat now, but you and Kip have been, or Tip have been friends for a
2: long time. Well, <laughs> we know each other since the 80s. Oh, really? Um, yes, because I used to be the director of Foster White Gallery, and oh, she really? was one of the artists represented at the beginning of her career at the time. We're very young and mature, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we... Kept a relationship throughout the years, So I've always admired her, as I said, personally and as an artist. And, of course.
0: That is the kind of people that you want to attract as instructors. Now, what is TIP looking for as far as students are concerned?
1: Well, I'd like to have students that would really want to see the work, see the art in in Greece, in Athens, and then be inspired. Um, so they might have had some experience in their past building the figure. So it's a figurative sculpture workshop. So they would have, but I, I guess I want them to see into the potential psychology that is there in myth mythological in in those figures that are based in mythology and greek history and then bring that to the workshop and then go from there into a contemporary understanding and uh, make their own work out of that
0: so uh is there so you have a total uh clay workshop there at your
2: uh, yes i have a um um Um, studio, ceramic studio that I've created for that. And then how
0: many students would that accommodate?
2: Well, I will accommodate quite a few students but I prefer that we don't have a lot. Mm -hmm. I think our limit will be 8 to 10 because of the kind of workshop it is. We like to call it small quality and a relaxing environment. I, I'm trying to take the pressure off the instructor, uh, instructor, and the details that it takes to um, the difficulties that it takes to put a workshop like this together to a small amount of students, but make it more quality this way and quality easier on everybody,
0: and more spiritual, and exactly, exactly, and probably a little calmer. <laughs> If you have uh, just a few students. And what are your goals as far as your students are concerned? I know you're going to work
1: one-third. No? One-half.
0: Oh, one-half.
1: Scale. Scale. Yeah. Yeah. on The whole figure, half scale. And uh, I I guess my goal is that they... kind of consider the the title of the workshop is the female the duality of the female ah. so kind of the the dark and the light and then how to portray that a lot will be just up to each individual artist as to how they'll represent the dark and the light so there'll be a little bit of an ambiguity in the pose that the that the model will take so that you can kind of Im- Put in your own kind of lean it one way or the other and sort of have it come away with a bit of a psychological
2: representation.
0: So you'll have live models at this workshop?
2: Uh, model, not a lot. Oh, one. okay.
0: A live model. A live and model. And yes. how long how will they be working on their sculpture?
1: I think seven days. Seven yeah. days, of yes.
0: course, It probably takes a long yeah. time for... You did, now, you've created so many sculptures. Um, how do you manage to uh, be so productive and do such? You have to see Tip's work. It is <laughs> incredible. It is portrays emotion as well as sculpture in the most definitive way. Uh, it, it is truly amazing, and it must take you... Hours to complete all of these. I mean, it's more, mind-boggling more to hours. me.
1: <laughs> Weeks and months. Years. <laughs> Years.
0: And uh, explain some of what your sculptures have looked like to people who have not seen your work. Because uh, they're very distinctive.
1: How do you describe them? Um, well, uh, I guess emotional. They're I want the people to have a real. I want to confront the viewer. Really, I do. I want them to have an emotional response, so they're not, so that they're engaged. So sometimes I blow the scale up, so the figures are larger than life, so they'll have to really reckon with um, an emotional presence of the sculpture, and uh, and and hopefully come away with an empath, sort of an empathic feeling for what the Figure in the sculptures doing, so these are a little bit autobiographical. Uh, so you know, and but then not always. Sometimes they're a little bit more social, politically motivated. Um, so a, a number of different things can inspire the work.
0: Um, I was very interested in your in your works uh, about uh, the uh, Africans that have the. Uh,
1: albinism.
0: Albinism?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, why don't you talk about that group? It's kind of interesting.
1: Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> I was on the... But it's it, emotional. <laughs> it's, yeah, it is good. I'm glad because it's the subject. I came upon it just just by accident. I was on the internet and I was looking up um, animals with albinism because they just looked so interesting to me without minus pigment and melanin in the skin. And then I couldn't help but notice a lot of Africans that also had albinism, in particular in Tanzania. And then as soon as you get onto this website, you can't help but read the stories of how people with albinism are hunted for their limbs, because they're thought of as powerful in in which doctors, you know, take the limbs of people with albinism and uh, either burn them to get the bones so that the dust from the bones can be put into a kind of a mixture and a a good luck charm and then sold for so that miners can throw this uh, herbs and dust onto their in uh, mines where they or the fishermen can throw it in their nets they're thought of as good luck anyway it's it means that the People with albinism are hunted. Oh and, no! Yeah, and that they're not safe. And it's, well, it's a horrifying thing.
0: So, hopefully, your your sculptures will make the rest of the world aware of this, and perhaps help to change that culture. That is a
1: hope. Yes, I do hope. Um, yeah.
0: I, I think we will. And I am so excited that you both came in, and we want to make sure that everybody has the information to go to Tip's wonderful workshop at. Villa Inspirante in the on the island of Corfu. Uh
2: could you give us your website? Yes, of course. It's uh, www.o-eleonas, And I'm gonna spell that. It's O dash E L E O N A S dot
0: Great. And, Tip, what's your website so people can see this wonderful sculpture?
1: Thanks. It's www.tiptoland.com.
0: Great. And we're so happy that both of you could come in and share your information all about this wonderful art and this wonderful retreat that uh, you're going to get some great students. Thank you. Going to. And be sure to listen in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. and the following Monday at 8.30 a.m. for Artbeat Northwest for news about the Northwest and views of the local art scene. I'm your host, Pat Pauly, signing off on Altura Talk 1150. Have a great creative week.